Well, this morning I want to continue. I'm not sure if I'm going to end today, but but I may. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about forgiveness some more today. But I, I want to pray today because what I'm going to share, I'm just going to say up front today, if you've been really hurt and you're struggling, some of what I'm going to say is going to be tough, okay? It's going to be tough to do. It's going to require that God work through you to do it, okay? I want you to know that up front. This is, if you've not heard any of, of our uh, sermon series on forgiveness, I would encourage you to listen to the, the four sermons that lead up to this because if, if you don't, you're going to think, Nelson, you don't have a clue what I've gone through or what's happening or, or any of that stuff. And, and you'll kind of got in on the, on the end of things. And, and, you, and you may take what I say this morning uh, different than the Lord wants you to take it. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask the Lord just to give us some grace this morning. So that we can, so that you won't hear what I'm saying necessarily, but that you'll hear what the Spirit of God say. Okay, folks, listen to me. Every person in this room, God wants you to be free, completely free, not just free, but totally free. And the only way we'll get totally free is if we forgive. Okay, that, that's it. That's the only way. And so I'm just going to pray, Father, this morning. I pray. That, Father, we'll not hear what's said this morning with just our ears. But, Father, I pray that our spirit would hear what you have to say. And so, Lord, this morning I call every human spirit in this room to attention. And I say to you, listen to what the Father is speaking this morning. Father, you have given us the authority to bind. And so this morning, Father, we bind the lies of Satan right now in Jesus' name. We bind them and we silence them. Father, what's said from now on in this room until this service is over, the Holy Spirit will be speaking and the lies of the enemy won't be able to be heard in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for that. Now, Lord, we love you. And we thank you, Father, that while we were yet sinners, you sent your Son to die for us so that we might be forgiven. Lord, I pray that we would be examples of Jesus in every area of our lives and forgive others as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I told you last week that forgiveness is a process. And we talked about one step. And I'm going to kind of recount a little bit of that this morning because I think it's so important. But it, it's a process that sets us free. It's a process that, that begins the moment you and I choose to forgive someone for hurting us. See, we have to choose to do that. We have to make a decision that we're going to do that. It's an act of the will. It's not enough to just decide. We actually have to step into it and commit the act of the will. We have to do it. It begins with, with that choice. and it, It's a partnership then begins with God. Once we make that choice... We enter into a partnership with God. And we get His strength and His power to do what needs to be done, to do the things that we're not capable of doing, humanly speaking. It begins when, when we release that person who's offended us, or who's hurt us, or who's wounded us, or who's wronged us. Any of you in here been hurt? Wronged? Ignored? We've all been wounded. We've all been offended in some way. But once we choose to forgive, God steps into the situation. 
See, if we won't forgive, God does not work in that situation. You can pray, and you can pray, and you can pray, and you can pray from now on. And God won't answer that prayer until you choose to forgive, okay? I'll give you an example of that in a few minutes. But if we'll trust Him, and we'll take that first step, which is our responsibility, if we'll trust Him, God will empower us to do the rest, He'll empower us to do what I'm going to talk about this morning. Now, what I'm about to teach you kind of cuts against the grain, okay? I'm just going to tell you right now. It, it, it kind of goes against what the world will tell you. It goes against when you're sitting and, and talking with your girlfriends and you're getting advice from them on what you need to do or you're at work and the guys are telling you what you ought to do. It's going to go directly against that, okay? I'm just going to tell you. You're not, it's not, you won't hear this at work, okay? You won't hear it with, with your girlfriends, well, if I were you, I would, you're not going to hear that, okay? I'm just going to tell you what God says, okay? Y'all know what I'm talking about, okay? Just, some of you are acting like you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. What I'm going to talk about this morning is tough to do, okay? It, it really is. It's tough. But if we will do it, we will experience a new level of freedom and a new closeness to God, an intimacy with God. And really, it's, it's the kind of freedom that people dream about having. It really is. It'll also result in something else. Healing will take place in your life. Those of you that have been hurt and are still holding on to it, you know what? It hurts today just like it hurt the day it happened. It really does. But if you'll learn to forgive, God will heal it. And He'll take the pain away from that wound and he'll heal it but until you forgive the healing never comes it never comes it won't happen but if you trust God it will so I want to I want to take just a, a few moments and just kind of rehash a little bit what I talked about last week because here, here's the bottom line until you do what I'm about to say and what I said last week the rest of it's not going to happen okay the first step is your willingness to forgive. And forgive, you know, we talked about last week, forgive doesn't mean that you forget it. It doesn't mean that, that, it, that it, it's not important. It doesn't mean that it didn't hurt. It did hurt. It is important. And you know what? You can't forget. Even God does not forget. God has choos chosen when He forgave us to put our sins behind Him and to no longer remember them anymore. To, he's chosen to do that. He hasn't forgotten. He's just chosen not to use them against us anymore. And so what happens when a person refuses to forgive is, it, is that they, they construct a prison cell. That's not a very big one, okay? How many of you have ever been to the jail? Can I just say this? Prisoners don't live in luxury, okay? Not the ones, not the jails I've visited. They're little bitty rooms with a, with a, with a slab for a, a, a metal, usually a metal slab or a concrete slab for a bed with a mattress on it and, and the, and the, and the uh, bathroom facilities. Everything's out in the open. You're surrounded. It's, it's not luxury, okay? And, and what happens is, is we become prisoners, in a prison cell that we built. And we shut the door 
And we shut everybody out. And that includes God. God's on the outside of the cell. And then what we tend to do is, God help me, 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 God heal this, God heal this. I'm hurting God. Help me. And God's on the outside of the cell because I've shut the door and locked myself in with my pain and my hurt. And folks, God will not force that door open. I have to open it. But when I choose to forgive, I open the door. And when I open the door, God immediately steps in. Now, last week, I, I gave, uh, gave you a, a way to say it, and I'm, I'm going to share that again. I think Connie has it. Yes. But it, here's, the, here's the thing about when you're hurt. You know what? The person who hurts you hurts you. There, there's no question about that. But you can't blame that person for everything else that happens after that. You have to take responsibility for it. Now, it may influence it. It may cause some things that take place later on down the road to occur. But you know what? You can't hold that, bl- that person to blame for everything. It, and what t- tends to happen is what they did tends to become, for the person in that prison cell, what that event tends to define who you are. You become what was done to you. Does that make sense? You know, y'all understand what I'm talking about? Listen to me. What was done to you, whatever the event was, does not define who or what you are. Only God defines who you are. And if you know Christ this morning, God says you are His son and your daughter, and nothing changes no matter what occurs to us in this body. Nothing changes. We are still the sons and the daughters of God. We are still His beloved. He still loves us. And so we have to come to that place where we say, God, I choose to forgive whatever the person's name is for whatever the the offense or the hurt or the wound was. I choose to forgive them for this. See, we can't just lump it all together and say, God, I, choose, I, I forgive Joe, for, or I just forgive everybody that's hurt me. That, I've heard people pray that. God, I forgive everybody that's hurt me. Can I just tell you, that's about useless, all right? It's, it's, that's a nice way to say it. Something else went through my head. I'm, I'm fighting sleep deprivation this morning and, and stuff like that. But, but you know what? You can't forgive wholesale. The, the, the things that happen to you happen to you individually, one at a time. And so we forgive them one at a time. Lord, I choose to forgive Joe for calling me that name in the fourth grade. God, I, 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 in Jesus' name, I release and I forgive him. Forgive me for my sin of unforgiveness in Jesus' name. Folks, it begins when we make the choice. When we name the person and we name the sin or the hurt, or the offense, or the wound. Nobody can force you to do that. Nobody. Not even God. You have to make the choice. But when you do, you take control over the offense. You see that? All of a sudden, that person who hurt you five years ago, 25 years ago, 50 years ago, they no longer have any power over you. 
you take control of the offense. You take power over it. And all of a sudden, what happens is you stop being a victim. We live in a nation of victims. Mama did this. Daddy did that. Uncle Joe did this. Granddaddy did that. The, the IRS did this. My boss did that. The person I work with did Folks, we are not victims. We are victors in Jesus Christ. Okay? We're not victims. But you can be a victim if you choose to. Victims make excuses as to why they can't. Okay? I can't do this. Every once in a while, I watch Dr. Phil, okay? I'm not commercial for or against. I'm just saying every once in a while, we eat lunch late, and if I'm out, and that's what's on. Well, Dr. Phil gives fairly good advice, although he's rather crude and rude sometimes. He, He does give good advice. And it amazes me when he gets somebody on there that's not listening to him. I mean, if I'm going to get on TV and open my garbage can... I'm going to listen to the man that's talking to me, okay? Oh, you just, it's just so hard. It's just so hard. That's because that person has become a victim. See, they don't see any way out. And what happens when we become victims is the person who victimized us or the person who, or the event that victimized us becomes Lord over us. Everything becomes about what happened. And we allow, if we become victims, we allow that hurt or that wound or that offense to define who we are or what we are. It determines what happens to our future. But folks, forgiveness empowers us to take our life back. It empowers us to, to, to shake off that victim mentality and to reestablish control of life. When you choose to forgive, you claim responsibility for your life, past present and future. You take responsibility. God has given you sovereignty over your life. He did that when He gave you a will. Do you realize that? We have the ability to choose and to make choices. You know what? Bad things happen to us. If you live long enough, something bad will happen to you in this world. If it hasn't happened, it will. Bad things happen. But folks, those bad things don't determine who or what we are. And they don't have to determine our future and where we go. If we choose to be victors, and we choose to to walk in Jesus Christ, Father, in Jesus' name, we can walk over those things. But you know what? We have to obey, and we have to surrender, and we have to... Uh, to do those things. But once we become obedient, we say, God, you know what? I'm going to forgive this. I don't know how, but I'm going to. And so, Lord, I choose to do this. God steps in. I love there's some passages of Scripture I'm going to give you. And I want you, you can write these down, the, 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 uh, the books and the verses and all that stuff. But Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, Jesus says this. He says, for if, for if, That's a big if right there. For if you forgive men or women for their transgressions, their sins against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Matthew 7, 1 and 2 says, Do not judge lest you be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure it will be measured 
unto you. You know why the prison cell gets so empty and so lonely? is because what happens in the prison cell is we judge that other person. And by the standard we judge, we are judged back. That's what happens. We don't give grace, so guess what? We don't receive grace. See, this, may, this verse means a lot more than, well, just don't look at somebody and look down your nose at them. See, it means a lot more than that. How we treat others is how we are treated. It's reciprocal. I think that's the right word. Be kind to one another. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. And then Matthew 7 Verse 12, it's, it's the golden rule. Therefore, however you want people to treat you, so treat them. For this is the law and the prophets. When, he, when Jesus tacks on that little line there, for this is the law and the prophets, what he's saying is th- this is the scriptures. You want to sum the scriptures up in, in one or uh, just a few words, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the King James. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. In forgiveness, you get what you give. Okay? You get what you give. When I make the choice, when I choose to forgive, God begins to work. And there's a process that, that begins to unfold. And what happens is total forgiveness eventually comes. Now, listen to me. What I'm about to teach you doesn't happen all at once. It, it, it may, but it probably won't, depending on how, how hurtful, how wounded, how long, what it was. It may take weeks. It might take months. It may even take years until the final step is accomplished. Don't turn me off when I hit one of these steps and you're saying there's no way that'll ever happen, Okay? It will if you'll take the first step and you'll say, God, I choose to forgive for this. Okay? Now, once you make that choice, the prison door springs open. Okay? The door just opens up. Why? Because you inserted the key of forgiveness in the lock and it opened. And when that happened, God steps in. And when God steps in, God begins to heal the wound. He begins to heal the hurt. He begins to take the pain out of it, the disappointment out of it. When he steps in, you know what? You just say, hey, God, help me. You ask him for what you need. You ask him to restore what the devil's taken. One of the things that Scripture said about Jesus in, in, in Isaiah 61 Verse 1, it says that when he came, he would bind up the brokenhearted. That is a powerful, powerful verse if we understand what it means. That word bind is, is the word, is the Greek word therapuo. It's the word we get our, 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 our word therapy from. Any of you have gone to therapy because you, you had uh, a, a surgery? Or, or maybe you've, you've gone because you needed to talk to somebody. It's, 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 it's bind. What it literally means is to put splints and to bind up. That's, that's the literal word there. That's what it means. 
It says that Jesus will bind up the brokenhearted. I want you to listen to me. The, 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 the Hebrew meaning is literally that there will come one who puts us back together again. Because we've been shattered. Now some of you know what I'm talking about. Okay, Some of you understand what it means to be shattered. He comes to put us back together again. Whenever a trauma occurs, it hits our mind like a, a projectile, like a bullet. Now, I don't want to get real graphic here, but if you shoot someone with a, with a gun it, it, in, their, in, their, in their head, it, it destroys the brain. I mean, it just it makes a hole. It just it just, it just wreaks havoc. You know what? Tra- trauma and hurt is is just like that. But God's equipped us with with a with a mind and with a brain that has a way of of shattering it when it hits. If it didn't, it would destroy us. I mean, there are things that happen to people that that should destroy them. They are so awful, but they don't. You know why? God's given us a, a, almost a, it's, it's like a force field somewhat. And what happens is when that, when that trauma hits, it shatters and it goes all over the mind, all over the brain. Until that moment comes when we're able to deal with it. See, there are things that happen to us as children that children cannot deal with. Okay? Some of you know what I'm talking about. I think all of you do. There are awful things. There are things that happen to us as adults that, that you just can't deal with. I mean, it's easy to say. Now, you know, I can stand up here and say, you know what, you ought to forgive. But when that event happens, it's hard to forgive because it's, it's just it's shattered you. But what happens is over time, God brings you to a place where he's ready to deal with it. And listen to me, when he's ready to deal with it, he will equip you to deal with it. Okay? And when he equips you to deal with it, you have to make the choice. But what happens is, he begins to regather those pieces. He begins to put them back together. And he heals us. And folks, when he heals us, he puts us back together. He fits us back like we go. Folks, He heals our memories. He heals our souls. Folks, the Word of God says He is Jehovah Rapha, the God who is our healer. He is our physical healer. He is our spiritual healer. But folks, He's also the healer of our soul, our, our will, our mind, our emotions, our memories. He's the God who heals. So if, if this morning, allow him to gather the pieces up. Allow him to put them back together. All you have to do is make the choice to forgive and step into it. And then he'll begin the process. Now, as he begins that process, what he will usually do is he will reveal to us any ground that the enemy has taken. You know what? The enemy loves trauma. Okay, he loves it because he can illegally step into a person's life. He slips right in. And sometimes he just kind of digs in and he waits. And typically what happens is the person who, who's been hurt, they become bitter. 
or angry or frustrated. And he kind of slips out. And he begins to kind of move and he takes ground and, and he, he begins to work. And, and, but you know what? Once forgiveness has been offered, the ground that he's had is no longer his. And God says, you know what? It's time for you to evict him. Now, a lot of times what we have to do is repent. God, I, got, I, I was bitter. Forgive me. And his ground is gone. His foothold is gone. The door opens up and he disappears. Okay? See, God's got a button. And he knows how to get rid of him. But we have to do the repenting. Okay? We have to say, God, forgive me. I did this. You know what? It's easy to get bitter. It's easy to get angry. It's easy to, to have hate in your heart. It's easy to get rage and envy and fear and insecurity and jealousy to have murderous thoughts, to want revenge. But you know what? When you repent of those things, God brings a new level of freedom. Now, this is an ongoing process, okay? This may not be one time. Have you ever asked God to forgive you because you had a bad thought about somebody else? And that thought came back the next day? And that thought came back the next day, and the next day, and the next day? That's the enemy. And if every time you'll meet that thought with God forgive me, I will not think that in Jesus' name. At some point, the arrow will fall before it gets to you, okay? You just have to keep doing it. Now, as long as you're willing to work, as long as we're willing to work, God will work and He will complete the healing that comes with it. Now, there, there some, some, there's a process and it requires some things of us. Now, before I share this, I want you to understand, God will give you the strength to do this. You don't have to work up the strength. God will give you the strength. The first thing we do is, like I said, we choose to forgive. That's it, the first one. After that, though, there's some other things that begin to happen. When I choose to forgive someone, it means I make a conscious decision every day not to publicize the offense, what happened to me. In other words, I don't share it or discuss it with every person who comes along. I don't go to Walmart, and I don't talk to everybody that I come up to and say, hey, you know what happened to me? I don't call people on the phone and say, listen, this is what happened to me. You don't go looking for people to share it with. Does that make sense? Y'all know what I'm talking about. I know, folks, when I was counseling every day, I had folks that just loved to tell their story. They weren't interested in any help. They just liked to tell the story. They wanted to see if they could wow you. Now, I know there's not anybody in here like that, okay? I understand that. But I'm just saying there are people like that. But what we tend to do is we tell everybody. When you forgive someone, you no longer tell anybody. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't go see somebody and talk to them about the issue. Somebody that you can trust, a trusted friend, a trusted counselor, a trusted pastor, somebody that you can share it with and get it out. That's, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying you don't broadcast it to anybody and everybody. It's not a prayer request on Wednesday night, okay? Amen. It's not something to discuss at Lion and Walmart, okay? It's, it's just, we don't do that anymore. We stop that. Now, I no long, what, what happens is I no longer verbally crucify that person every time I get a chance. That's what it means. Now, 
talking to everybody who comes along won't help you. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, it helps me get it out. Well, it makes you think you're getting it out. But you're really not getting it out. You're just reliving the event over and over and over. Now, this is going to be a, a, a rather crude illustration, but I think you'll all understand what I'm talking about. Any of you ever gotten a wound and it scabs over? That's the healing process. You know what happens if you scratch it off? It hurts. And it has to scab over again, and you scratch it off, and you scratch it off, and you scratch it off, and pretty soon, you know what? It's a nasty, ugly infection. Folks, that's what talking about it is it scratches off the, the scab of that wound that's trying to form in that place and when we choose to forgive then you know what that wound begins to heal and if we won't take the the fingernails of gossip and scratch with it it'll get well god will heal it i don't have to relive it over and over and over folks it won't ever heal if the process keeps getting interrupted now, so, so I don't tell everybody I come in contact with. Number two, it's, an, it's a, a commitment never to use what was done to me against that person in the future. It, it's real similar to number one, but I choose not to punish that person with guilt. Now, there, there are people that have hurt you that live with you. Amen? I hear one Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We've hurt each other. If we're married, if we're children, we've, we've been hurt by our parents and we've hurt our parents. Amen? So we, we all have family. Okay? So we, we, choose, when we, see, we, don't choose, we choose no longer to make them feel guilty. I choose not to punish them anymore with guilt. They don't owe me anything any longer. I've forgiven them. You know what? We have to forgive. You say, well, I don't have to. Yeah, we have to because God forgave us. God forgave us. God says in Hebrews 8, chapter tw- uh, verse 12, He says, I will be merciful for their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. I want you to, I want you to understand what remember means. It, it, literally, it means to remind myself. It, re- it means to recall to mind or to make mention of it to somebody else. God says, you know what? I won't mention those sins anymore. I won't think about your sins anymore. And I sure won't tell anybody else about them anymore. When they're forgiven, they're forgiven. They're placed under the blood of Christ. Literally, that verse could be translated, I will never, never, no, never remember them Again, folks, when God forgives a guilt or a penalty, or a, the penalty, literally, when He forgives that, that sin, that penalty is gone. The condemnation is gone. It's as though the sin is no longer a sin. Does that make sense? So when we forgive, whatever that person did to us is no longer an offense. If it's still an offense to us, we haven't forgiven. We've just mouthed some words. So when God forgives that guilt, that penalty and that condemnation is gone. There, there's no longer any sin in His eyes. He's forgiven us. That's what. That's the reason He can say in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, There is therefore no condemnation 
for those who that are in Christ Jesus. There's no if you don't have a if you don't if you no longer have sin, you no longer have a penalty, therefore you no longer have condemnation. Now that may help you with your relationship to God, okay? God doesn't look at you as though you're a condemned person any longer if, if He's forgiven you for your sins. And so we're called to, to imitate God. We're called to, to forgive that person and no longer look at them. The penalty for what they've done is forgiven. And once we forgive that person, we don't hold them guilty any longer. They're declared not guilty. Therefore, you know what? I have to stop dredging it up. Every time I decide to sit down and feel sorry about myself, I can't reach down and get that handful of stuff. It's gone. I love what Psalms 103.12 says. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Folks, east and west never touch. No matter where you go on this planet, east is always east, West is always west. So, so as far as east is from west, God's removed our sins from us. Folks, when we forgive someone, we remove their sin from us and from them. Now, the third one is, and, and it gets a little tougher, okay? The third one is, the next step is we begin to see that person through God's eyes. Boy, this is going to get tough, okay? I'm just be honest with you, this is tough. All of a sudden, that whatever God sees in that person, see, I have to start seeing. Whenever I meet that person, or I hear their name, or somebody says something about them, or I think about them, I won't allow the past to become the present again. Now, can we just be honest for a minute? That's pretty tough, isn't it? You ever seen someone that hurts you and you kind of start to do a slow boil? Start to get a mad on? Or your stomach, you start to get sick at your stomach? Or you start to perspire or sweat? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Got angry? All fear came on you? See, it's normal to have those kind of physical reactions when somebody's done something to you, when you don't like somebody. But folks, when we bring that reaction under the truth of God's Word, it will change. Okay? It, this is not easy. This is not easy. Because I realize I'm talking to some people in this room that have been hurt beyond what words can say. God's going to have to do this in you. Okay? But if you'll surrender to Him, He'll do this through you. All of a sudden, I begin to see that person as God begins. So what does that mean? Well, I begin to realize that that person was made in the image and the likeness of God. And that person has sinned just like I've sinned. And that God loves them just like He loves me. And that God wants to forgive them just as much as He's forgiven me. And that God wants them in heaven... Just as much as he wants me in heaven. Now let's just be honest. That's kind of hard to do, isn't it? Amen. That's, that's tough. All of a sudden when I forgive someone, they are no longer my enemy anymore. Now, 
I want you to hear me. When you forgive, it does not mean you have to be reconciled and become best friends with them. They are just no longer your enemy anymore. They're God's responsibility. That's one of God's kids. I'll let the Father deal with that person. I forgive them. That's pretty tough. You know what? I don't have to be filled with fear anymore when I see them. I don't have to dread when I see them. I don't have to, to, because I see them at Walmart, I don't have to go 15 rows to the other side of the building so I make sure we don't come face to face anymore. You know what? I just throw my chest out, take a deep breath, and say, God, I've forgiven them. I just walk right on. I don't have to be their friend, but I don't have to be their enemy either. Okay? Now, the last one's going to be the hardest one, okay? It's going to take a lot of God's grace, and it'll probably take a lot of time. Once I have truly forgiven someone, I've made that choice. I've stopped talking about it. I no longer uh, want them. I no, I've, I no longer hold them guilty. I no longer avoid them if I see them or when I think about them. I don't get terrified. You know what will happen? Is God wants us to pray for them. Say, well, I'll pray for them. I've been praying for them since it happened. I understand that. Okay. Some of you've been praying those prayers out of Psalms, where David says, "God, I pray you'll break their teeth out like lions." Amen. <laughs> Some of you have been praying. I understand. I've prayed some of his prayers too. But listen to me. David lived under a covenant of law. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. We live under a covenant of grace. Okay? So we have to stop praying those kind of prayers. Get them, God. Get them. We have to stop praying that. Okay? All of a sudden, we have to begin to pray some different things. I love what Jesus says in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, and the first part of verse 45. He says, you have heard it said. He, he's, he's doing the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is teaching the Sermon on the Mount. And he's taking the law at this point, and he's saying, you have heard it said. In other words, this is what was written. This was what was expected. But you know what? The kingdom of God expects more. That's what he's really teaching here. He says, you have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, we, we like that, okay? Let's just be honest. There's something inside of us that, that likes that. Listen to what he says, but I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you in order that you may be the sons of your father and the sons and the daughters of your father who is in heaven. Jesus said to pray for them. That's tough. But you know what only God has to know? You pray to God. You ask God to forgive them. You ask God to bring repentance in their lives. You ask God to save them, to bring salvation. You ask God, and this is going to be tough, you ask God to bless them. You'll know when you have totally forgiven somebody when you can pray and ask God to bless them and use them. Okay? You will know the, the healing has taken place. The scar may still be there, but there's no pain anymore. You'll know that when that takes place. You say, well, I don't, I don't think I can do that. Well, you, you can do that. There's a way to, to begin to do this that's in steps. I'm going to give them to you, okay? You start out and, and you pray out of duty. 
You know what? I do this because God says I have to. Y'all all know that little story about the little boy in the, in the shopping cart? Mama keeps telling him, sit down, Billy, sit down, Billy, sit down, Billy. And he says, well, I'll sit down, but on the inside I'm standing up. You know, sometimes, sometimes we pray that way. This is what God said do. So I pray out of duty. I, I just, I, I, I do it because this is what God said. I just obey Him. But what happens is when I start praying out of duty, all of a sudden it changes over time and I begin to pray out of debt. I realize what God has done for me. See, folks, I told you this several weeks ago. When we understand the forgiveness Jesus has given us, forgiving other people will be easier. It won't be as difficult. I didn't say it would be simple. I just said it would be easier. Okay? So we, we pray out of duty. Then we begin to pray out of debt. But what happens is once you begin to pray for somebody on a regular basis... And you stop praying, God, get them. God, destroy them. You start praying things like, God, I pray that you would work in that person's life. And I pray that you would change them. And I pray that that they would experience your love and your grace. You know what happens? Something takes place in your heart. Something. I mean, it's hard to pray for somebody very long without something taking place in your heart. And what happens is you begin to pray out of a desire. You have a desire to see God move in their lives. You begin to pray because you want to pray for them. And God changes your heart. And, God, and what happens is you begin to get joy out of it. And you, you, it becomes something that you enjoy doing, that you love to do. I'll use that word. And then eventually what happens is you begin to pray out of the light. You, 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 you enjoy it so much that it's a part of your prayer life. And when that happens, eventually, folks, what happens is you pray with durability. You just keep praying, and you keep praying, and you keep praying, and you keep praying. And it becomes second nature. And when that happens, forgiveness is complete. You start the process with, God, I choose to do this. And God will bring you to that place over time where you can pray for that person. Because you truly want that person to be changed. I, all of you have seen these, uh, these things take place, but you'd have a, a family who, whose child was, or whose uh, young adult child was murdered. And the person would be convicted and they'd be sent to prison. And over time, God would work in that, that mother and that father's life and, and they would finally arrange a meeting and they would come face to face with the person that took the life of their, of their child and they would forgive God does that. I know some other stories of where families like that have literally taken that person in when they got out of prison. Now that that blows my mind, okay? That's God. That's God. That's God. This is a process, okay? It's not. It doesn't happen like that. It takes some time. It's something that that you and I have to choose to do every day. Now, I want you to listen to me. You need to get ready because the devil will show up. And he will dredge up everything he can and he'll fling the memories back at you. But you know what? You just have to say, hey, on so-and-so date, I forgave this person in Jesus' name. Get behind me. 
I'm not going there with you again. Uh, at my house, when my granddaughter's there, we can't say this word here. Shut up, okay? Y'all know what I'm talking about? My granddaughter said, Papa, that's a dirty word. Shut up, okay? I have to say, be quiet, okay? But when I'm talking to the devil, I can say in Jesus' name, shut up, okay? Because he understands that. And we need to tell him to shut up. When he knocks on the door, go away in Jesus' name. Shut up. You know what? When you tell him that enough, he gets the message. You see, he understands you have that authority. The problem is most of us don't think we do. And so he just keeps knocking because he doesn't believe you believe what Scripture teaches. If we'll just believe and walk out what Scripture teaches, a lot of his attacks will stop. They will cease. Okay? If I'll just exercise my authority. Look, if somebody's at my front door I don't want in my house, I don't let in. I don't let the salesman in because I don't want to listen to them. I don't listen to them on the, on the phone anymore, although I play with them now a little bit, okay? I get a little joy out of their calls. I found that if, if I'm going to get 10,000 calls every two months, you know what, I'm going to give back some of it. I'll ask them. I'll say, hey. It's 6 o'clock. We're eating lunch. What about I call you tonight about midnight when you crawl in your bed and go to sleep? Oh, 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 click. I don't even have to say, no, I wouldn't be interested anymore. They just hang up on me. See, I get the joy out of it. But if somebody's on my front porch that wants in my house that I don't want in my house, you know what? I don't have to let them in. And I'll do whatever's necessary to keep them out. You will too. Okay, we have the same authority in Jesus. When it comes to the enemy, we don't have to let the devil assail us. We can give as good as we get from him, okay? We can give it back. Except we can give it back better because we have Jesus on our side. Greater is he that's in us than he's in the world. This is not in my sermon notes. I just thought I'd stop here for a minute, okay? Folks, when it comes to wounds and offenses, he will keep scratching the scabs off. If you let him. If you'll shut the door on his fingers hard enough, he won't put them back in the door. When Kathy and I got married, I think it was on our, maybe it wasn't on our honeymoon. It wasn't on our honeymoon. I always tell the story like it was on our honeymoon. We were somewhere else. We were, we, we, we were in a motel. And it's the middle of the night, and all of a sudden the door opens. Well, we have a little chain on it. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm half asleep now. I'm fully awake. And here's some guy's arm. I assume it was a guy. Here's some guy's arm sticking through the door about this much. Well, I hit that door as hard as I could. <laughs> and you know what? When I got off that door, his arm wasn't there anymore. <laughs> and you know what? Nobody bothered us again that night. And I'll bet he didn't bother anybody else that night. So slam the door on the devil's arm and maybe he'll leave some of the rest of us alone. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm done with that, okay? But you need to get ready because he's going to bring it back as often as he can. He's going to try to see if you really mean what you said you meant. So deal with him. You have the authority in Jesus' name. Because you know what? There are going to be some of those days when we just don't feel 100%. And we camp out and we have a pity party. 
Any of y'all ever have a pity party? Oh, God. You just kind of start slipping out of that victor position back into the victim position. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, man, he, he's, he's slobbering it, foaming at the mouth. He's right there. So you just have to deal with him. And you have to deal with him every time he comes. If you've done it, you've done it. If you've forgiven, you've forgiven. He's a liar. The Bible says he is the father of lies. So stop believing what he says. Even if he quotes you scripture. Okay? Go back and read what Jesus said. Okay? Now, I'm not going to say any more. You, you just have to stay vigilant. Okay? And at some point, he will believe that you believe what you've done and he'll leave you alone he won't shoot that arrow anymore listen to me he doesn't waste arrows if he didn't think it was going to draw blood he wouldn't shoot it at you okay he wouldn't shoot it at you if he didn't think it would work now I said this several times and I'm going to say this again and I'm going to close forgiveness always has a cost Okay, it's freely given, and it has to be freely received, but it cost somebody something. When God forgave us for our sins, who did it cost? It cost God. What did it cost Him? His Son. His Son. When you choose to forgive someone, it will cost you something. Okay? It will cost it will hurt, probably. But when you forgive, folks, freedom comes. And once you've been free, there, there's nothing else like it. Freedom. I'm free of this. It has no longer any control over me. It does not determine what I do or where I go or what happens to me. It's dealt with. It's behind me. Folks, that's what forgiveness is. That's what total forgiveness does. That's what this process brings you to a place where, you know what, whatever it was, I no longer remember it anymore. It's behind me. Listen, a lot of you this morning, I can use this illustration. It's like you're driving down the interstate at 70 miles an hour in traffic and you're looking in the rearview mirror. So we don't drive looking in the rearview mirror at 70 miles an hour down the interstate. We glance over there every once in a while. But people who haven't forgiven are living in the past instead of the present, trying to get to the future. If you will forgive, the past will be dealt with. God will deal with it so that you can live 100% in the present with your eyes on the future. So we don't have to live looking back. We can, look, we can live looking forward and we can live looking up. Let's pray. This morning, Father, we, just, we need your grace poured out in this place. Because, Father, in this place, there are some precious people who've believed the lie of the enemy that they're victims. And they're not in Jesus' name. God, your word says that we are victors in Christ. And Father, you have given us 
sovereignty over our will. The only person that we're to surrender that sovereignty to is you. You've given us, in a sense, Lord, a a partnership in our destiny. Lord, we make choices that determine our destiny. You have a destiny for us. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name this morning that no person in this room will allow unforgiveness to determine what they become or who they are. Father, I just speak freedom over your people right now. Father, I speak freedom from from being labels that people have given them, uh, labels that parents have given them, teachers have given. Father, we ask you to crush those labels right now in Jesus' name. And Father, I speak freedom over wounds and hurts and acts that have damaged the emotions and the souls and the memories of your people, Lord. I speak freedom into those places. God, would you give the power and the strength to that man right now, that woman right now, to forgive that person so that the process of healing could begin. The infection, God, of unforgiveness could be taken away. God, would you release forgiveness in this body? By the way, some of us in this room that have been hurt by church. Now, we're a part of it. We're involved in it. We just don't trust you because of it. So I pray, Father, that whatever that wound is, I just sense there is one. Father, I pray that you allow that person to forgive and to move on. Father, would you just allow the wind of your spirit to blow through this room right now in Jesus' name. Lord, as we sing and as we worship you, as we stand, Lord, I just pray that you'd move in a powerful way in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand up. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash eagles wing church thanks for listening and have a blessed week